everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, giving you trusted guidance to make your life better. And I have a very, very special guest sitting in front of me right now. I have Johnny Manuel. Hi. Johnny! <laughs> you guys might recognize Johnny because he was in the semifinals for America's Got Talent in... I was. It was last year. Last year's America's Got Talent. And this man has done so much in his life. We are so lucky to learn from this man today. He has uh, toured with NSYNC. Okay. Uh, he was the yeah. opening act for NSYNC. He's been featured in every freaking magazine you can think of, including Ebony Magazine and Jet Magazine. And check this out. He's worked with Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever you want to call him, Diddy, Puff Daddy, Diddy. What was he called back then? Oh, yes. uh, was he Puffy? I think he was Diddy. Diddy. Okay. Yeah. So about 13 years ago, yeah. right? Worked with, with Puffy, Jermaine Dupree. And Johnny is flying and soaring right now as one of the most incredible musicians you guys have ever heard. His voice oh, is from God, literally. And you guys, <laughs> if you're thinking about it, I know probably everybody listening to this has probably seen Johnny's performance <laughs> on America's Got Talent of Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing. Because yeah. it had how many millions of views now oh at this my God. point? I think the last time I looked, it was like close to 300 million on Facebook. 300 like million views. Yeah, and YouTube. Yeah, it's all Oh my gosh. So he's not going to sing I Have Nothing for us right now. I'm not. <laughs> but we did do an incredible cover with Johnny for our covers for the Culture Project so where he's fun. singing. I sang My All by Mariah Carey. And he sang it down. <laughs> every <laughs> note, every run, <laughs> Thank you. everything. And so we're going to play Johnny's cover um, in its full, full length at the end of this interview. But right now, yeah. I want to dive in with Johnny and just uh, let you guys hear a little bit about his story and actually how what he's been through um, in the entertainment industry and how he's used spirituality sure. and mindfulness yeah. and wellness to actually reach goals that were far further than anything he could have ever imagined before. Yeah, so sure. thank you, Johnny. Of course. Thanks for having me. So tell us the story because we see you on AGT, right? <laughs> and we see this man just singing, but you've been in this industry for a long time. Yeah, for a really long time. I um, got my first recording contract with Warner Brothers Records when I was 13. Wow. Yeah. And where so are you from? I'm from Michigan, Flint, Michigan, originally. Flint, Flint, Michigan, you guys. Yeah, that's right. Is the water where, you're in, where your family's not affected by everything that's uh, going on? No, not my parents, but a lot of my uh, extended family members and friends are affected. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So wild. Okay, so how does a boy from Flint, Michigan get a record deal at 13 and end up working with Puff Daddy? Like, how does that even happen? How does a boy from Flint, Michigan? I don't know. So <laughs> my parents are always super encouraging. They are singers as well. Okay. Uh, we had like a studio in our basement when I was growing up. So there were always local musicians and people coming through to record and do whatever. So I was just observing that. And then my mom was a choir director. So I sang in church all the time. So you had music around you just my from day life. one. Yeah. Great. And then I just begged my parents to let me like actually record songs little songs that I had written or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, they asked local producers if they were interested in work with me, and they did. I recorded my first song at 10, and then they started playing a remix that I had done to a Run DMC song called It's Like That Okay. on the radio. And then I was asked to come and open up a concert there Wow. in my hometown. And then because it was on the radio and stuff, uh, more local like producers and stuff and, and surrounding areas like Detroit uh, heard about me. And I started working with them and recorded a demo. I finished it when I was 12. 
Wow. And then sent it out to record companies. And when I was 13, I got signed. Wow. Yeah. That's like that's like the dream that people imagine. Like you record something, you send a demo, you like send it out, <laughs> like some school, level right? of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like the way it used to happen. Yeah. You know, there was no Instagram. Nope. There was no YouTube. Okay, so you get here, mm-hmm. you have this record deal. Yeah. What happened? So then that's when I started recording with Puffy and Jermaine Dupree, and we just tried to find the right fit for me. Mario Winans did a lot on my record and we just started collecting songs and I think I recorded, I mean, it must have been like 30 to 40 songs before we condensed it uh, down to, I think it was like 12 songs on the album. Okay. Like then that was like, you know. Yeah. So yeah, we did that. Uh, and then um, my single came out. It was called I Got You. Jermaine Dupree produced it. He was in the video with me. Along with Megan Good, who's a friend of oh mine my from gosh. back then. Oh my gosh, wow, okay. Yeah, and then um, I, I started touring. I went on tour with Little Bow Wow, B2K, and then like NSYNC and... This is, am- it's like just to be a fly on the wall. Or, and like, so how old were you when you were on tour doing all 15. this? 15. So how was it being a 15-year-old with from Flint, Michigan, with all these celebrities, with all that? Like, what was yeah. that? What did that feel like? Honestly, people ask me that. I've been asked that from time to time, and it felt natural. It just felt normal. Because I think I had imagined, first of all, that young, you don't know. There's so much I just did not understand or know about life and the way it works or whatever. But I was already creating my life at that age, not knowing. I would literally spend endless hours in my room pretending I was performing to audiences and recording with these people. Mm. So when it happened, it just felt like the natural progression of life. But I would literally just sit and visualize it. For hours and hours wow. on end. So, was there anything like crazy that, like, that, like I don't know that out. you can share? Yeah, or like moments <laughs> that were like, I don't know. I just imagine you would see a lot at that age, being around all these things. Oh yeah, but my parents were really great. One parent always traveled with me, um, and they always made sure that I, you know, was sort of like shielded and protected from things that they deemed like not good yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so especially being from like a small town you know i guess they just didn't want me to have too much exposure to too much at too young right that's a blessing because we see what happens to a lot of these artists who get exposed to everything too young i'm so consistently to my parents for that actually because you're completely right it wasn't until years later where i was exposed to all the extras right Right. (laughs) okay so so keep walking us through the narrative so you're Mm -hmm. on tour bow wow b2k nsync here your first singles out you got jermaine Mm -hmm. dupree in the video yeah then what and then warner brothers changed label heads and any artists that had not made a certain amount of money for the label they just dropped them so i went under with that you just got dropped i just got dropped yeah oh my god how did that i mean how did that feel in that Uh, moment yeah, that was hurtful. That was hard, especially being, I think when I got dropped, I was 17. So from 13 to 17, my world had been this. They actually pulled me out of school. Like I wasn't even in school back home anymore. I was had a tutor on the road with me. That's how I finished high school. Wow. And um, yeah, so at 17, it was a little bit difficult and it was sort of a shift because it was all of that. And then I was just back in Michigan with my parents. So I was like, what do I do now? Like, so did you go back home and go to school? I did not go to school. Okay. I moved here. So you uh, never went to high school? I mean, I finished high school. Yeah, but I mean, you never, never like went to, went to... Okay, got it. Uh, I can't... Yeah, I stepped out. They pulled me out right at the beginning of my freshman year. Wow, so you never like did homecoming? I did. Oh, you did all that still? I went back for those things. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. My school was kind of lenient when it came to that. And, uh, you know, those are my friends. And I'd grown up with them since I was in second and third grade. So. Right. 
uh, yeah, I went to homecoming. I went to prom. I didn't okay. miss out on those things, but I did miss out on like day to day going, you know, being in a classroom. Right. Okay. Yeah. And did you ever feel like you were missing out on something big there or not really because you were doing what you were doing over here? I remember even when I was younger <clears throat> in class, I would just be pretending I was off performing. So <laughs> no, I didn't miss it at all. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you didn't miss much. Let no, me tell you. Being I miss in school my every friends day. and family. <laughs> right. I miss my friends, of course, and hanging out with them and my family members, but I would see them in the holidays, but it was constantly on the road for us. So you make, it's the, I, I'm really interested in the way that you talk about this, like, oh, and then I got dropped from the label, yeah. you know, like, as if that I'm, I'm imagining being just like crushed, you know, by that moment, like how it, did you recover from that instantly? Like what happened after that moment for you? I think other people realized what was going on more so than me. I, <clears throat> I mean, you know, because I'd started so young, I developed all of these like friendships. Right. And I'd been around these people for years now at this point. And so I was able to just reach out to Puffy and reach out to Jermaine and say, Hey, I was dropped, but do you have projects or do you want to sign me to your label or whatever? And I thought that was what was going to happen, that somebody else would just pick me up right away. Yeah. It didn't. And it After didn't. that didn't happen, it was like once I turned 18, because that happened when I was 17. And like once I had turned 18, it'd been like I think it had been like five or six months. And I just thought, I've been sitting at home for a long time, not doing nothing. And I was getting antsy because I was used to, you know, being busy and gone all the time. Yeah. And then it was when I that's when I started really taking it upon myself to like knock on doors and say, hey, you know, I need to be working. I need help. And that's when it got really difficult. Okay. And so, and then, so what, what was kind of that dark night moment like for you when, cause I think everybody listening, you know, it doesn't, we don't have to be recording with Diddy, you know what I mean? But we all understand how it feels to have something that feels like an opportunity, like pulled out from under our feet and it kind of takes us down. So how did you recover from that? Um, That's when I started really getting into like my spirituality. Okay. And I remember um, a woman who worked at my record company, she actually signed me to Warner Brothers. She gave me a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm. And it started to crack my head open uh, because it was about like reincarnation and people who could speak languages that they hadn't been exposed to in this lifetime. Yeah. And they didn't understand or like going to I think a woman in the book went to like Egypt and she knew her way around and she didn't know why. Wow. So it was like. That opened my mind to other things. And then I started reading books like Conversation with God and Creative Visualization. So they said in like that first book, the reincarnation, they say it is real because of like this woman went to Egypt and knew how to get everywhere. So she must have been there before in her life. Like that's the way that they. Yeah. She had gone through a past life regression with her therapist or something. Wow. And it cracked open because she had phobias and she was trying to overcome her phobias. And they wanted to see how that tied into like any past life she had been in. That's so interesting because I think that. You know, we all wonder, like, what happens, you yeah. know, and nobody really knows, nobody knows. you know, but we, <laughs> people think they know. It's like, do you go to hell? Do you come right, back? Was right. there a past life? But wow. OK, so you this is when you dove into your spiritual practice mm-hmm. and it was was it the spiritual practice that helped you kind of cope with this all being pulled out from underneath? you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just like um, relying on faith that it would somehow some way crack back open and that I would be you know back into this world that I had become accustomed to and I was mm-hmm. I wanted it so badly but I, I also learned that if you tr- hold on to something too tightly literally it'll slip through your fingers so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it took me a good like three or four years before I was back in a groove and like constantly working as a singer again that's a long time yeah yeah it is did it like b- bust your confidence or of course yeah yeah especially because you thought you know i thought i had these friends in the industry that were going to help 
to take me to the next level in my career. And then they just didn't, they just didn't pull through. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can't blame them. It's like everybody is going on with their career. They have stuff that they're doing and things that make sense for them. I just yeah. may not have made sense for them in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just, everything happens for a reason. Do you feel, do you ever feel like any sense of regret or like, I wish I would have done this differently or I wish it no. would, if this would happen? No, not at all. No, not at all. How have you come to that place? It's. I think it's just the progression of my life. I'm where yeah. I want to be right now. I'm you are really where you want to be now. Okay. I, I mean, there's so much more I want to do. Of so course. Much more I want to accomplish. But like, I am really. I'm happy in my life, and it's been this way for years. And it's because I know that happiness starts inside. It's mm. like an inward to outward thing. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So as long as I was like seeking something on the outside to really make me happy or whatever, it wasn't going to happen. So if you were seeking this validation from the industry from or the industry, seeking these contracts yeah. or seeking these different things to make you happy, yeah. it's so true because if you're only happy when you have this certain thing yeah. on the outside, then it means your happiness is always fleeting. Yeah. It's yeah. not real happiness. And I think we, so many people do that. We try to control our external environment so often to For make sure. us have this false sense of happiness, sure. even in the most like basic of ways. Like we want to make sure our outfits are perfect. Yeah. We want to make sure our hair is perfect. Yeah. We want to make sure everything is right. We want to make sure we're dating the right person. We want to make sure we got the right job. And if we got the right <laughs> job, then my life is good. Yeah. But who are you and how are you outside of all If you stripped all things? that away. Yeah. Are you happy? Are you, are you happy? And at that moment when you were going through those few years, obviously mm-hmm. it was a journey to find oh, yeah, happiness. So what I were mean, the- it's st- I'm still on the path. Of course. But- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the main tools that you use to really pull yourself to that internal place of like feeling centered and happy? Meditation for sure is something that I rely on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody listening knows if you don't know, if you're hearing this for the first time, <laughs> I love meditation. It's yeah. the, the most important thing in my life. Yeah, and I've tried different forms. I've tried guided meditations. My friend Jay actually did this. He does one. It's Ho'oponopono. I mm-hmm. think it's originated in Hawaii, but it was like a guided meditation. And there was some stuff that I shed during those sessions that I didn't realize I was still holding on to. Mm-hmm. But so meditation is definitely a key component to like, you know, what keeps me in a happy place. Um, also, just like natural self-care yoga is a part of it. I've been vegan for 14 years. I tell wow. everybody it's accidental i'm an accidental how, okay so you got you can't just slip that out there and then say how because i know a lot of people are are hearing about plant-based diets and watching what the health and yeah for so sure. for you've been vegan since before vegan was a cool thing to do i didn't know any black vegans when i was younger i didn't even know the word <laughs> vegan i don't think 14 years ago yeah how did you do that um i was sort of like I always had um migraines when i was younger and i was like bad skin and overweight and stuff and i had a friend actually and she had grown up vegetarian and a Buddhist. And she was like, it's probably tied into your diet because she saw I was just eating really bad stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't, I, literally, I just never thought there was a correlation between diet and health. I don't know that sounds so bizarre, but I didn't at that point. I just Of didn't. course, yeah. And she's like, come to my house in Orange County where her parents lived. And she's like, and just hang out with us. We'll do yoga. My mom will cook for us and just see if you feel better. And I did. We were there for, I think it was like three days or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing it until I, you know, crave chicken or crave dairy or whatever again. And just never You just never craved it. Yeah. That's why I said it's an accident. Because wow. now I feel like even if I do, I did crave it. First of all, there's so many options now. Right. You don't really miss it. But I feel like even if I did crave it, I would get sick if I had it. So now right. it's like it's not worth being sick. It's not sick. even worth it. So now I'm stuck. 
Wow. Now you're stuck being vegan. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And so you've never had, like even on holidays, nothing. You don't slip. Mm-mm, no. Wow. Never. See, I was vegan for like four months. Okay. But, and I actually felt, the one thing I will say is I felt so much natural energy. I yeah. felt so energized. It was a huge difference, but I was so gassy yeah. <laughs> that I had to stop. I'm not even kidding. All and all those beads oh and all these greens and all this, everything. I was just like, is this normal? And all my friends were like, it's going to calm down. I was like, yeah. this is not calming down fast enough. It, yeah, not fast enough. It will calm down. That's what I was going to say. It takes a while for your body yeah. to adjust. Yeah. But then, yeah, I don't think, I think if I had like tried it, um, later on, like in my later twenties or something, yeah. I don't think I would have stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. I eat, I think one of the things that I, I was listening to this other podcast once, I forget who it was with. And, um, the guy had said something that I've been following even since before I was vegan, but now, and he said like, eat, eat food, mm-hmm. not too much, mostly plants. Yeah. That's and good, I think that's like, that's a good rule. That's it. It yeah, just, it's, it's so simple. simple. Yep. We make things so complicated. Eat food, mostly or eat foods not too much mostly plants Period. it's like if you could just follow that yeah you're, you're good. good yeah you're gonna <laughs> you're be fine good, yeah. you know okay so we got meditation we got mm-hmm. diet we got all this stuff that you use to keep yourself centered and grounded mm-hmm. is there anything else that you think like is kind of the glue that keeps you together because i mean you're traveling all over the world like you were just in australia last week right yeah, and now here you are in that. california like yeah that's a lot to keep up with yeah how do you stay centered um it's interesting. First of all, music always helps. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. But connections with people. Because I travel so much, I meet so many different people. And I feel like whatever vibration you're at, you attract that. So you meet people that are along your sound, your same path. Mm-hmm. And then you form these friendships. And that's a big part of it, too. I just think community yeah. and sharing with people and listening to other people's experiences and sharing yours. I think that's a big part of it because eventually what you what I found is that we're all the same. Yeah. I know that sounds so cliche and like whatever, but it's the truth. That's exactly what I found from all the people that I've met, all the friendships I have. And all the countries all over the world. All over the world. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, at the core, we're all the same. We're seeking the same things. We all want to be happy. We all want to feel love. We all want to connect with people, do yeah. something we love and it be rewarding. You be appreciated for what you do. It's the same. Yeah. And I think when we are embodying that, it's so much easier to attract other people who are on the same path as you. And I think a lot of people are always wondering like, Oh, how do I get this? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I, how do I get this in my life? And I always say, you don't get what you want. You get what you are. Yes. 100%. Get what you are. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. so tell us about, um, I think one of the things that I'm, that I'm curious about is as you were, we're just going back to kind of the whole process that you were dealing with, you sure. know, with, I'm just so interesting because most people I don't think can imagine this experience of getting the rug pulled out from them from mm-hmm. like this. And then now you being back in this position where you're on top again, you know, mm-hmm. like years later, and I'm wondering, what was the lesson that took you the longest to learn throughout that process? It was acceptance, for sure. Accepting mm. where I am, being happy where I am. I was always fighting against, raging against the machine, right? I was always fighting against the current moment because it wasn't what I wanted at that time. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I could not settle myself and live inside of the fact that, like, this has happened to you. This is a fact. But you can get back to where you were and go well, you know, way beyond that if you just tune into 
I had to like really tap into and dial into the fact that we're all powerful creating beings. Yeah. And one of the movies that I watched the most during this time, and I didn't understand why, but now I do, was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Really? I know that sounds so yeah. Tell me why. Bizarre, but it was this thing like. Charlie would come home and just wish so, so bad that he had this fucking golden ticket, right? Mm-hmm. You can say that. Yeah, you can oh, say yeah. all the F like, words you want. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You guys should have seen him. He was like, oh. <laughs> uh, he wanted this golden ticket so bad. And I think it was just his sheer will of like seeing himself in it over and over. He would walk past the place and see himself. And then, you know, he ended up getting it through hell and high water. He ended up being the one with this ticket and he made it in there. And he was the most grateful for the opportunity. Mm that he was granted some of those kids were bratty as hell and then they got sent you know home or whatever but in the end he got it because he was grateful and i just i took a lesson from that and the fact that we can create our lives but and but you have to come from a place of like gratefulness so one of my other practices is every single morning when i wake up very first thing i do i don't look at my phone for at least the first hour but i write down five things that i'm grateful for just so that it's every day every single day when i wake up there's a pen and a pad next to my bed and I just write down five things sometimes it's a part like my mom or sometimes it's just having a roof over my head or my experiences or my travels or whatever but five things five different things every morning Mm. and and so for those of you guys listening if you want to get into a good gratitude practice we won't go into the whole thing here on this interview um, we have another audio guide episode that's all about creating a gratitude practice that lasts uh, that you can listen to it's only like five or ten minutes long And I think gratitude is one of the most important things. People think that you have to be happy first to be grateful, but all, even like, this is not some woo woo shit either. Like science has shown that people who have a gratitude practice, like a regular gratitude practice actually experience life as a more fulfilling life. Yeah. They experience happier lives. They experience better relationships. And this is from a practice. The reason we call it even a gratitude practice, because sometimes you're not feeling you don't even recognize what you have to be grateful for yeah but you write it down i think one tip that i'll give people here and i know you kind of uh said this lightly johnny was that when you write something down you have to be really specific and not write just like general stuff like mm-hmm. oh i'm grateful to be awake right i'm grateful <laughs> for my house because if you're super general you're gonna like run out of shit to be grateful for yeah so you have to be like really specific to what you have to be grateful for in that moment yeah, right absolutely in that moment and that's how i got out of feeling unhappy mm. all the time in my life was that I started paying attention to things that I could be grateful for in that exact moment. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is amazing. This yeah. is, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, Oh shit. We're almost done. So, so I want to tell you guys, we, <laughs> we briefly talked about in the beginning that Johnny was a part of our covers project that we did mm-hmm. called covers for the culture. And he's saying my all by Mariah Carey. And I have to tell you guys, yes. so I was brainstorming who I wanted to oh, sing. Yeah. What all these songs, I was actually in Santa Barbara and I was in, taking a bubble bath, believe it or not. So if you can get that picture, <laughs> right, I was taking a bubble bath and I'm sitting here trying to brainstorm songs and I'm going through some of my favorite favorite 90 songs and our covers for the culture project is all about bringing you 90 songs brought back sung like you've never heard them before by some of like the top up and coming singers mm-hmm. in Hollywood and I was browsing through I have a playlist on my phone phone called car seat jams right I love that car seat jams <laughs> and my mom gets mad at me when I say that because I have like I wanna lick 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 you and I'm like like people are like you was listening to that shit in the car seat your mom doesn't even tell you listen to that in the car seat <laughs> no that song goes in but I don't know that I was in the car seat those days, but you get the point. But anyway, I I came across my all. And as soon as I heard the first note, 
I heard Johnny's voice. Oh, and wow. so I text him yeah. from the bathtub and I was like, Johnny, I think I know <laughs> what song. And I was nervous he wasn't going to want it, but he was excited about no, it. No, I actually was excited about it because it was one of my favorite songs growing up. Um, or when it came out, my, me and my friend who I was with yesterday, she moved out here from Michigan as well. She's a singer. Um, we used to listen to that song nonstop and we would send each other like little voice recordings of it back and forth, back and forth to see if we could perfect it. Uh, so it was just funny. I hadn't listened to it in years, actually. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, my God, this is a full circle moment for sure. Wow. I'm actually getting to record this song. So I'm really grateful. Yeah. And happy that you asked me to do it. Thank you. Me too. So, Johnny, before we let the world hear your incredible cover here on here, I'm um, just very curious if you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave to anybody listening who might be going through something in their lives or reaching for goals that they feel like they can't reach and uh, any words of wisdom you'd like to share with us. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the whole being grateful thing, but I think people just need to realize that they are capable of creating whatever life they want for themselves. You can be any version of yourself you choose to be. You can have whatever life you choose to have for yourself. Um, But it all starts with, you know, actually being grateful and then just visualizing yourself being in the happiness, being in, you know, the success, the triumphs. Becoming. Becoming. Becoming the person that you want to be, not yeah. just thinking about him. Right, right? exactly. Yeah, actually becoming that. And I think a huge part of that is letting go of the habits and patterns and thought processes that are incongruent yeah. with the person that we want to become. I always think about when I was getting started doing music, I was thinking, okay, if I was Beyonce, mm-hmm. would I be sitting here scrolling through Instagram all day looking at people? Right. No. Right. So we got to let that go because you're not, you're not going to become at, get to that level doing things that are out of alignment with who you want to be. Absolutely. So it's all a part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Johnny. (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time to do this interview with us today. And for all of you listening, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to motivationforblackpeople.com where we give you weekly audio guides that are unapologetically black, giving you trusted guidance to make your life better so you can live your life on your terms. And we're going to end this episode listening to Johnny Manuel's full cover johnny manuel that's right <laughs> i always say it wrong johnny manuel that's right manuel manuels it's difficult most people say manuel it looks like manuel yeah but it, i i really know his name you guys i've just known him for so long i've been saying it wrong in my <laughs> yeah. head so listening to johnny manuel's yeah full cover of mariah carey's my all enjoy I am thinking of you in my sleepless solitude tonight. If it's wrong to love you, then my heart just won't let me rewrite. Cause I've drowned in you and I won't pull through without you by my side. I'd give my to have just one more night with you I'd risk my life to feel your body next to mine cause I can't go on living in the memory of 
your love tonight Baby, can you feel me? Imagining I'm looking in your eyes I can see you clearly Vividly emblazoned in my mind And you're just so far like a distant star I'm wishing on tonight I give my all to have Just one more night with you I'd risk my life to feel your body I so hope you enjoyed this cover of Johnny Manuel singing My All by Mariah Carey. If you want to download Johnny's full cover and watch the music video that we made for the cover, just go to johnnyfortheculture.com. And that's J-O-H-N-N-Y, the number four, theculture.com, johnnyfortheculture.com, where you can get the music video that we shot for the song, download the full song, and see a couple pictures and and videos of Johnny. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for sending love to Johnny for his amazing job singing this song. I mean, seriously, have you ever seen or heard a guy singing Mariah Carey the way Johnny just did? So anyways, thank you guys so much for being a part of this community. We love you. We thank you. We honor you. And I will see you on the next episode.